So, um, in Zen practice, traditionally, the, um, <clears throat> we give a short uh, a Dharma talk, and um, today I'd like to talk a little bit about, I guess, Zazen, the practice of just sitting. And, um, and in particular, I want to uh, mention... Um, a very, very famous Zen teacher called Dogen, who was a 13th century uh, Japanese teacher. Um, Zen's a very ancient tradition. Um, as I said to you before, it originated in China when a, a chap called Bodhidharma, who was an Indian Brahmin, traveled, uh, probably took him a couple of years from India to China in those days. Uh, and um, and established the Zen school in China. That was in about the fifth century. And um, one of the amazing things about Zen, um, and something uh, in the ordinary mind Zen school, which was founded by Joko Beck, and uh, and my teacher Barry Majid, um, is how some of these old Zen stories can really. Um, still have a lot of psychological relevance. Um, they can often sound a little bit esoteric sometimes and sometimes it's hard to decipher the meaning. But there's, um, in, in Zen there's a lot of stories that have been handed down and uh, they're mainly stories about encounters between a, uh, a senior uh, teacher and, um, and a monk. Because of course in those days Zen was primarily a monastic activity. Um, although it did spread to lay people as well. There's, um, I don't know very much about the history of China but in, those, in those early centuries, but it was um, the, the emperors at the time supported Buddhism. So there was a lot of buildings of monasteries and temples and, um, and a high degree of um, participation by the, even you know, the peasant farmers. There was a, a, quite a high degree of participation among the population. And even... Um, you know, if you ever go and look at some Asian art from that time, it's it's amazing how all the the, the themes in the paintings and the ceramics are are all of natural themes. You don't see any sort of uh, necessary uh, like uh, implication of something um, being divine outside of nature itself. And I guess that's because. Um, what, it was a kind of um, Zen was kind of like a meeting of Buddhism and Taoism, and Taoism was a very much a naturalistic religion in China, which which emphasised the uh, the way, and uh, and uh, Zen took this idea of of the way, and um, and so the way is itself both the realisation and the practice. Um, it's it's not like we, we practice to, to, to actually um, get somewhere, but we actually, the actual practice itself is the way. And there's a very uh, well-known story um, um, concerning um, a master and a student at the time who became, who also became a very famous master. And uh, it goes like this. Um, Nan Yu, the name of the, uh, the master, the teacher at the time, said um, to, his, uh, to the monk, 
Reverend Sir, what is your purpose or intention in doing Zazen? And the monk called Matsu answered, I seek to become a Buddha. Nan Yu, therefore, um, thereupon took a piece of roofing tile and began rubbing it with a stone. Matsu asked, What are you doing, venerable teacher? And Nan Yui said, I want to polish this roofing tile and make a mirror. Matsu asked, Can a piece of roofing tile be made into a mirror? And Nan Yui asked in return, Can a Buddha be created by doing Zazen? Matsu was dumbfounded, dumbfounded and could not reply. Nan Yu then went on, "'Tis like hitching an ox to a cart. When the cart does not move, do you beat the ox or the cart?" Matsu still could not reply. Nan Yu explained further, "'Are you doing Zazen or are you sitting as Buddha? Zazen is not just a matter of sitting or lying down. Sitting as Buddha reveals that Buddha has no fixed form. In the midst of transitory things, don't grasp or reject. If you keep the Buddha seated, this is murdering the Buddha. If you cling to the form of sitting, you do not adhere to its inner principle. Matsui heard these words as though he were drinking ambrosia. And um, so I just wanted to talk a little bit about that. Um, you know, in, in, in our culture, um, we have a very much strong culture of self-improvement and um, there's a sense in which we're very focused on our means to an end. And, uh, and the reason why Zazen is um, um, such a unique practice is that it's really... Um, it's meditation is not a... That Zazen is not a technique, you know, to get somewhere. Um, it's... Um, it's, it's, it's almost something that is beyond um, the sense of, um, of, of, an, of, 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 of having any use value whatsoever. It's not something that we do to get somewhere else. Um, and you can see in this little story that um, we often come to Zazen practice with a sense in which there's something missing in our lives, um, uh, well, it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, Zazen, but, we're, but there's often a sense of we're searching for something. This is often the, 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 the story in all these Buddhist Zen tales. Um, you know, the monk is, you know, at the sense there's something not quite right and I want what you've got, you know. Um, give it to me. What, what is it that you've got that I haven't got? And... Um, and as this story sort of shows, um, you know, that the master picks up the tile and starts to, you know, in one sense, and, and, and in a sense, this this idea of polishing the tile to create a mirror, or this this idea of a metaphor of actually even cleaning a mirror, is 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 partly, you know, um, a sense in which, in practice, there is a sense in which we are doing that, but. If, we, if the effort gets distorted in the sense that we're actually making an effort to 
become something other than that we already am. It's sort of like missing the mark. Like if I'm sitting in Zazen because I want to become a Buddha, or I want to become some kind of, or achieve some kind of idealized experience, or um, we're missing the mark. Um, we're putting the cart before the horse. It's a sense in which um, it's impossible to become ourselves. We already are ourselves. And it's that sense in which uh, Zazen is really letting go of all attempts to um, change or improve or fix ourselves in any way. It's, it's just trying to embody the perfect sense of acceptance of, of ourselves in this moment. And in this moment, that is as inclusive of all of our experience, our body sensations, our feelings, our perceptions of sounds, thoughts running through our mind. All of this is who we are in each moment. In each moment, we are the experience of constant flow, constant change. But like the story says, he says, you know, in the midst of transitory things, in the midst of constant impermanence and change, don't grasp or reject. These are two fundamental points in Zen practice. Don't grasp and don't reject. In other words, don't hold on to things that we desire or find pleasurable or hold on to lots of different things we can be holding on to or clinging on to. Sense of, uh, we can be holding on to various thoughts and judgments. And in a sense, we want to open up the hand of thought. Just let go of everything we're holding on to, whatever those whatever the thoughts or feelings might be, whether we're clinging to something in the future or holding on to something in the past, it's a matter of letting go of all of that. In the same sense, also, don't, re don't reject. Don't push away experience. Don't push away a particular feeling. Let's try and create a space in which we can experience all of ourselves, even the more difficult parts. And so the practice of Zazen is also about this opening up to our experience without trying to push away anything. There's a, um, a little um, chapter in Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind, um, where he's talking about um, Zazen practice. And again, just one quote from, from Dogen, where he says, um, Realization beyond real or apparent is effort without expectation. So this sense in Zazen in which we're aspiring to, to sit here and just be this moment, um, but without any expectation. And this is where the you know the traps are, you know, in our practice. We bring into our practice a certain secret or hidden agenda, but we're kind of expecting to get out of it. And as you know, expectations are always breed disappointment. And that's part of the practice as well. I mean, practice is often the job by just really wearing out all of those kinds of fantasies or expectations we bring to a practice like this. Usually, people who said something to in the meditation. Say that again. I'm a bit confused with the whole thing because, you know, I, I'm sure we all came here 
with part of the reason to help us relax, help us get the mind. So surely we'll be getting some, be getting something from. Yeah, look, it's perfectly understandable that we we, we come to this practice often, you know, um, the the Zen, like all all the Buddhism, comes from a position of wanting to to relieve suffering, to relieve discomfort, to relieve anguish. Mm. And there's a sense in which that brings us to the practice. Um, But it's the, uh, so that is inevitably part of the, the motivation to come. And there's a certain aspiration in that. But there's a sense in which that aspiration needs to shift from just being about me to actually being about everyone. Uh, it, it, the, the, the aspiration changes slowly over time from not just being about my salvation or getting rid of my suffering, but actually seeing the interconnectedness of all, all beings, and that they're all in relationship with each other, and how... Um, how our expectations and agendas can often be subtle forms of self-rejection. Uh, in, and, and so the practice itself is a very, very subtle way of slowly, gradually moving towards self-acceptance. And it's in the self-acceptance that the suffering on... There's often two levels to suffering. There's what I call natural, inevitable or necessary suffering, such as the pain in your legs or the loss of someone you cared for or loved. Mm. But there's also another level which are reactions and our judgments to, to what's going on. And that's often where this that sense of self-rejection or judgment's happening. And it's about letting go of all of that and just opening up. I mean, if we're experiencing grief, we just experience grief and, and allow that to flow. Um, does that answer your question? Well, maybe it's, it would take a while maybe to fully understand, maybe, to, you know, to understand it completely. I don't quite understand it at the moment, but I can see it's a, maybe something you've got to train yourself. Well, look, I, I don't pretend to have a 100% understanding either, so I think it's a life, <laughs> lifelong journey. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's mainly how, I don't know, it's different for different people, but mm, there must be something in it because people do it, so... Mm. <laughs> yeah. I'm like that. Yeah. Mm. I come in at the same time, come to sort of... I sort of wake up in the morning and go, jeez, oh, I don't want to really... Well, pretty much I didn't want to go like that. But, um, <laughs> so, oh, I really should just do a bit of a sit. So there is that sort of sense of, if I do want, the day will probably go a bit better. <laughs> and maybe, maybe a, a question I probably shouldn't ask now, but is bringing into your life so you you have a routine where you do a bit of meditation each day or whatever? Yeah, the, the actual the practice of uh, look, the practice of Zazen or the practice of meditation is I guess it's it's the core of the practice. But what the story is also teaching us is mm-hmm. that don't don't cling to, to, to Zazen or to the, the formal the formal practice of Zazen as being what it's all about. Like if we get attached to this, you know being great practitioners of Zazen, that's missing the mark as well. Um, you know, Zazen is is, is 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 being aware in this moment, whatever activity we're doing. You know, the idea is to bring this heart mind into all of our life not just get stuck on the actual formal practice of sitting. 
Uh, it's the it's the rest of our life is where it shows up. It's that's where the mm-hmm. that's where the it really matters. Um, but um, and and formal practice on formal sitting is not necessarily going to be for everybody. I think that's a certain. Some of us are called to do this kind of practice, and it's really becomes quite enjoyable after a period of time, you know. Um, but sometimes the initial stages can seem quite um, very difficult. But there's you, you need to pers- there's a sense of, of perseverance which is required as well, and that's where we need to watch our expectations. Um, you know, we think we're going to sit zazen for a few weeks and have some wonderful. Um, enlightenment experience and then we'll be fine for the rest of our lives. It doesn't work like that. But, um, um, so, but, but the, the, that every day, doing a bit of everyday sitting is really important because like I said, that um, how often do we really just allow ourselves to contact that heart-mind or what I call them, or the mind of no thinking, you know, that place where we're just feeling our sensations in our body, just really listening to the sounds, just listening, just really giving ourselves some time out to... And when we do that on a regular basis, it then gives us... We, we start to naturally return to our breath in, in various moments throughout our everyday life when we might be in the midst of some form of distress or suffering and we can just slowly bring ourselves back and return to this, this place that you get a sense of coming home to. A sense in which yeah, just always, never, we're never apart from. Um, yeah, it's like someone who's in the midst of water who's continually thirsty. You know, it's a sense in which we experience ourselves as this having this kind of lack or this missing something, and we're trying to fill our lives up with some kind of. Um, you know, distraction, something that's going to uh, fill up that void. But if we can just return, in, in a sense, to that place of just being this moment without any expectation, start to uncover a treasure, really, which is it's hidden. But, but, uh, but unless we take the dedication, the time to start to uncover it, then that, that, that gem is within all of us. You know, and that's the Buddha nature. And, and that's who we intrinsically are from moment to moment. But because we're constantly, you know, absorbed in our thinking mind and looking for this and searching for that, we, we don't, we miss it. Until uh, our, our lives flash by and before we know it, we're approaching the end of our life. <laughs> and, uh, it goes quick. So, um, I might just leave it there for today, and we'll uh, do some um, walking meditation.